Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners. We'll be reviewing all that's in the papers from the cost of living crisis to a curry that has given one man a case of the quits. My panel tonight will include a woman who's the best thing to come out of Rygate since the A25, Sajila Kershey, and a man who puts the tall into intolerance. It's Leo Curse. Um, are you all doing well, by the way? Yeah. Do you know, I was realising today's one of the news themes is um, having a curry that you regret. And I think we've all been through that. Any particular stories... Of, uh... no, no, but I think we've all had a curry that doesn't matter what religious spectrum you're on, if you're an atheist, suddenly you find God at the Temple de la Toilette the yeah. morning after, promising never again. Yeah. I think we've all had one of those, right? I had terrible food poisoning from an oyster once because uh, I got it, it was reduced in Morrison's and uh, I got it, but I couldn't open it because, you know, oysters are like yeah, jammed yeah. shut. But then it like opened up. So I thought, oh, now I can eat it. But apparently when they open up, that means they've gone off because the, the oyster's actually died and relaxed its grip on the shell. shell. Yes. And especially if it's a week after, it's, uh, after you bought it. And it's almost like yellow sticker seafood is not the way forwards. Not for me. Yeah, yeah that's one thing. I don't do yellow sticker, don't do seafood because that's like you can't trust it. Or chicken. Chicken can be a bit iffy. Mm. Eat on the same day. As much as I didn't mean this to turn into a cookery show, oh, yeah. it's my fault. <laughs> I set that up. No. Uh, let's start off with a look at the front page as we start with the Daily Mail. Uh, they go with Starmer accused of piling pressure on police. Also with the story, is Queen's absence today the first step towards a Charles Regency? Uh, we then go to the Daily Telegraph. Queen to miss state opening of Parliament. Also with the story, uh, UK could join EU outer ring after reforms, says Macron. Uh, to The Guardian, which gives us a Starmer's gamble. Leader pledges to quit if he's fined over Beergate. Uh, also, PM to push new powers on targeting protesters. The Financial Times has the headline, Starmer challenges Johnson on integrity with vow to quit if fined. The Mirror has the uh, same story as uh, many of them lead with. Uh, this is what honour looks like, Mr Johnson. Is that because he's a sir? Uh, the Times goes with, Starmer, I will quit if police find me for beer. Also the story, microaggressions are as bad as overt hatred, NHS workers told. So that will be news to some people. Um, the Daily Express, PM, I'll strive night and day to level up Britain. They go with a different story for some reason. And then finally to the Daily Star. In a galaxy not so far away, NASA Boffin will find E.T. in just a few years. And those are your headlines. So, so, Julie, we go to our uh, leading story. Is this the Queen taking it easy in older age, or is she, like many others, disillusioned with Parliament too? <laughs> I'd love to think it was the last one. Uh, no, the Queen is to miss the state opening of Parliament for the first time in 60 years. Uh, she missed it twice before, and that was due to a couple of pregnancies, 1959-1963, when she was pregnant with the Duke of York and the Earl of Wessex. Is the Earl of Wessex the other child that we don't talk about? Prince Edward. Is it Prince, <laughs> Prince Edward? <laughs> it's, in, it's Prince Edward. Well, um, the thing is, I think, bless her, I don't think she's been terribly well since her husband passed. You know, they were such a like strong couple, weren't they? 
Um, king and, and queen. Hmm? Sorry? They're king and queen. The king and queen, yeah, well, yeah. Relationship I mean, goals. Relationship, you know, and yeah, they've been together for such a long time. Um, and like, you know, I think, we're, like I said before, she's not going to be around forever, and that's kind of the, the reality. She has got, um, uh, the reason why she can't make it is because she's got episodic mobility problems. Um, and so they've decided, you know, that Prince Charles is going to speak instead. And here it is, they, he's an heir, the heir to the throne, and I guess this is going to be a chance to see if he's um, up to the job. And I have to say, I don't know about you, but I mean, I know you're not necessarily a fan of royals. I am. I like the Queen. I don't know if Charles and Camilla are really kind of cut uh, out. I'd like to see William. Like, yeah. But you know, kind of... do you think they should skip? If, if Charles fails this audition, they should just skip yeah. and go direct to I the next so. generation. I or maybe so. another prince. They could have Prince Andrew. I thought Prince Andrew was so entertaining in that news night. Uh, interview that he did. Yeah, because he's really good with the... He's got, like, press, uh, you know, kind of, like, read, training and everything, He can right? just read the spirit of the nation. Yeah, I know. I think, exactly what to say to get himself out of any situation. And doesn't sweat at all. Sweat. Yeah, no sweat at all. It's just an easy, easy gig. Um, but, yeah, basically, uh, it, you know, we, we, we are seeing the Queen having to sort of pull back. And we... It's just been nice to see it at the, the Jubilee. But it does beg the question of what's going to happen with the monarchy. Like, you know, yeah. she's been an icon and... and, and like, oh, God, everything's stamps. We're going to have to change the stamps. Uh, that's probably the least of the problems. I'm sure they can change I mean, stamps. there are other things to worry yeah. about, but I'm just saying from a comedic point of view, that's my concern, the stamps, which they're too expensive anyway, by the way. How many stamps do you buy? I, I, got, I buy some. Yeah, now I won't anymore because they're can like I, a pound each or something. But the money as well. All the, like, all the money's got the Queen on it, so, I mean, I, I, just, I don't really want Prince Charles's face on either. my money. Well, I'd rather have Kate Middleton's face. Then it's like, you know, it's, it's more attractive money. I want Meghan. On the money. I want Megan. <laughs> like, yeah. You might it's get it on some sort of, yeah. some sort yeah. of Bitcoin. Yeah. $100 million dollars from Netflix. Yeah, face. I'm going to go curveball. Let's have Megan. Can I just challenge... Everybody hates her. Can I challenge your position of liking the monarchy but not liking one of them who's next in line? That's the deal. You don't get to I'm choose. That's what, almost like, the definition of a monarchy. But, They're in charge, not you. Do you know what it is? It's like big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. And I, I don't... I, do you know what it is? It's all from... It's actually from the crown... That's what it is. I've d I don't like Charles and the Crown. And I just think, oh, he's a nasty little man, isn't he? And it's really, it's really put me off. And Camilla doesn't come across well in the Crown either. So I'm judging everything on the Crown, guys. That's it. Right. Yeah. Lovely. Let's uh, move across to uh, today, Tuesday's sun next. And a curry is causing Keir Starmer to feel some uncomfortable heat, Leo. So, yeah, so this is still dragging on. So remember, Keir Starmer was banging on about Boris and Partygate and all these parties that uh, the, the, the Tory party uh, had, you know, af after work or during work and with birthday cakes and, and wine and all the rest of it. Uh, then it turns out that Keir Starmer, after being so pious and saying that, you know, he was following every rule to the letter, uh, a video emerged of him uh, of him having... Are you taking a photo of me? Yes. I, was, I just thought you looked really good in that colour, that's all. all right. And I wanted <laughs> to show you. Could <laughs> I proffer that maybe now's not the time for it? That, that, that happens at gigs sometimes when someone in the front row starts taking your photo. And, uh, I've never never had it happen to me on TV no, before. I just, I just thought, oh, Matty, he looks really good in that colour. I'd love to take a photo for him. Well, thanks. So, sorry. I look, I look right. I mean, don't worry, we also have cameras. I'm so really you sorry. don't I'm necessarily... <laughs> 
Sorry, go on. Go on. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. I shall continue. This is, this is, that's another thing that happens at gigs when somebody in the audience tells you to continue. But anyway, uh, Keir Starmer has said if he's found guilty of breaching lockdown rules, because it, it merged that you know, he's drinking a beer and he had a, he had a curry, I think he had a korma, which, uh, to be honest, for Keir, was probably too spicy. But, uh, but it, 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 if it turns out, he's being investigated by Durham police right now, and if it turns out that it was a party and he, he has to pay a fine, then he will step down. And Angela Rayner has also said, yeah, I'll step down as well. So, uh, I mean, this could be seen. Some people are seeing this as, oh, he's so, he's so brave and he's such, a, such an honest, upstanding man. Uh, but really, it's, it's a bit of a gamble. And, uh, and, and it's also putting a lot of pressure on the police. Uh, who are already, um, I mean, it's Durham Police, so they're probably quite, quite Labour-centric, but they, they already uh, possibly delayed the announcement of the investigation. So, you know, we recently had mm. uh, local elections. Mm. Mm. They didn't announce the investigation until after the polls had closed, so it wouldn't affect anybody's uh, voting intentions. Mm. Uh, and then they announced, we're, we're invent we've got new information, we're going to investigate uh, Keir Starmer's uh, party. Um, and so, you know, they're already showing that they're sort of behind the Labour Party. So I think, but, I think this is a safe gamble for them. But the Met Police also delayed any further announcements about that investigation before the, uh, the local elections as well. So the, both investigations had a small yeah, the, moratorium. The Boris, uh, the Boris investigations have been going for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And to be honest, everybody's sick and tired of it. People are, people are bored of it. This is, I can't believe Keir... Keir thinks that, you know, he's, he's going to, um, you know, he's, he's trying to expose lies and all the rest of it, expose Boris's wrongdoing. But this Boris was doing exactly what we expect Boris to do. We expect him to lie a bit. We expect him to have a party and, you know, break the rules. So, you know, it's not revealing anything new about Boris. But what this does is it shows Keir's weaknesses, which are focusing on mundane rules instead of the, the big issues. Boris is over in Ukraine getting standing ovations, handing over anti-tank weapons, while Keir's just boring everybody to death, like saying, oh, you broke this regulation, oh, you must pay a fine. No, come on, here, give it a break. Try and do something positive. If I may interject with my dear <laughs> colleagues... Get your camera I, phone I, yeah, out, I, I, I'd like to say that um, I think it's because Boris is our leader. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you can't see you. No, anyway. Anyway, anyway uh, I, I, I digress. Um, yeah, it's because he, he is the leader, so obviously we don't expect him to break the And he made the rules and he broke the rules. And um, I, and, and one thing I'm going to add, that you know, because we've heard it all before, but is like when they said, Keir, uh, so Keir still insists he broke no rules, the night he was filmed swigging San Miguel Lager in Labour's local constituency office in Durham. San Miguel Lager, suddenly I'm like, ooh, that's made him a lot more interesting. <laughs> Not just any old lager, but San Miguel Lager. Yeah. That's made him a little... Oh, that, that, it's just he should have had a bottle of Corona. Now. Come hmm? on. He oh, should have won. You're stammering. This is typical. <laughs> why, why wasn't it British lager? Should have been a bottle of Carling that comes in bottles. That, I don't means, know. that means maybe he's a bit more pro-immigrants <laughs> and refugee helping them out. I don't know. It's been a fun day of seeing people on Twitter, though. I've seen a lot of the response has been... Previously, they were saying, like, our oh, uh, Keir Starmer, he, he was calling for Boris to step down, so surely he should say he steps down. Keir Starmer says he'll step down. How dare he say he'll step down and put pressure on Boris? It's like, he, he couldn't win either way. The, yeah. the, the Twitter yeah. sphere was going to have yeah. a problem with him today. Yeah. No mm. oh, well. You're right about that korma, though. It's effectively drinking a milkshake. Um, Tuesday's Guardian now, and some advice you'd hope was not needed, Sajila. Ah, so London fire chiefs warn against fires in homes to save heating bills. This is in The Guardian. Um, so a, a warning's been issued um, over improvised open fires after a house was set ablaze by a man burning timber to keep warm. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the people, they're saying, don't do this at home. Of course, people are desperate to, like, keep warm. So they're doing this. But it's not really made clear, but apparently there's been over 100 of these um, open log fires. And I, I don't know about you, but I've got, we've got, like, a, a, I've got a, like, most of my friends have got fireplaces that have been, like, closed up, mm. like, for years, because they don't use it. And I remember when I was a kid, um, we used to have the coal men come round and, and drop coal, and we used to have, like, live coal. So if we you know we aren't going to keep ourselves warm, maybe the government could. I mean, do they still have coal? Is that is there some leftover coal, like coal anywhere that we could perhaps but, use? Open up the fires again. There is coal uh, under the ground, and we could we could import it from somewhere like China. China's got coal. China's got lots of coal. <laughs> got I think coal. it's bad quality coal, though. I think they've got to get uh, anthracite from from Australia. Oh, and they make the masks out of it as well. There's, you can get coal masks. Anyway, uh, um, Justin Trudeau's party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice joke. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it's 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 really sad that we're getting to a point where you know we're basically telling people how. And the thing is, I, would, uh, uh, I think on the, on the same show we were talking about somebody had advised people to wear nylon fabrics and stuff to keep warm, right. but not very good if you're near an open yeah. fire because it would just melt. And, oh yeah, well, yeah. it was the 80s. Yeah, 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 You're yeah. just going to go up like that, and it just like just shrivels yeah. up, doesn't it? Actually, it's a miracle Jimmy Savile made it to the end of his life without uh, going near a candle, wearing his shell suit and with all his hairspray and his and his big bouffant here. One spark away from a very different Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. So, do, uh, Leo, do you need to be told the advice by experts to not set fire to your home? Oh, normally, like when I want to when I want to stay warm, I just douse the couch in petrol, set it on fire, and jump on it. I don't know why. Why do these? Well, who, who just like puts some timber in the middle of their living room and sets fire to it? This is Darwinism in action. I just hope they've got no neighbours upstairs. That's a very good point. Yeah. Ridiculous. If it's going to get that bad, I, I think I might join the girl guides, but I might be too old. Or maybe I'll be a brown owl because at least <laughs> at least they go and like have camping and they have fires and I get to keep warm. So, mm. um, but you know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, th I still think you'd be warmer. I'd see what you mean. That's one place where you could burn stuff. But stay yeah. inside and not burn stuff yeah. might also be warmer than being outside near a fire. So basically what we're saying is that not only are you not able to afford your bills, you're a bit thick and you've made some silly mistakes. Well, it's I think... Because that's kind of what's coming across. But, and but that's, the stories... I'm support people but, who do this because they don't know how to keep warm. And but the it's, it's really, the story's not about keeping warm. The, the, the fires are caused by people leaving things near open fires in their homes. That's the, the most common cause of these fires. So actually, the, although the headline says don't set fire to wood in your home, it's yeah. putting stuff near the wood that's on fire that causes the right. problems. But actually, also, don't do that at home. It seems like yeah. a terrible and thing. And also, we're not fires. used to having open fires at home anymore, so we don't know how to be around yeah. them anymore. Yeah. Uh, into the Times now, and uh, we come to you, Leo, to look at some racist and sexist jokes. I'm sure that's not the first time you've had that intro. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> luckily it's not me this time. Uh, so the Scottish Football Writers Association has a Apologise for racist and sexist jokes at the awards ceremony uh, after uh, one of the speakers, a former lawyer, Bill, Bill Copeland, used the word nip in a joke, uh, apparently aimed at Celtic's Japanese players, and he made several jokes about women and the term LGBT. So uh, Ailey Barber, uh, who's a sports broadcaster, who actually walked out of the room, there were several people who walked out of the room, and she tweeted, she said, never felt so unwelcome in the industry I work in than sitting at the Scottish Football Writers Awards. Uh, a huge reminder that there is still so much to do in making our game an equal place. Uh, I mean, I don't, I've got a little bit of sympathy for this guy. He might be old and mm. uh, just, you know, he's, he's not been uh, keeping up with current events. His Guardian subscription lapsed. 
So he was asked to, you know, present at this awards dinner. Uh, he hasn't done one since 1987. He gets out his joke book, blows the dust off it, and then all of a sudden all the things he used to say that went down really well uh, aren't going down as well anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly you can't be making racist jokes, even at a Scottish football dinner, which has got many of the Venn diagram elements for, uh, for racism uh, in it. Um, I don't know, but they're saying that the female writers, uh, female uh, sports journalists are, are seizing on it as an example of what happens if there, there aren't enough uh, female writers. Because apparently out of 95 uh, sports desk staff jobs in Scotland, only four are held by women. I mean, what does that tell you? Tells you that women are terrible at writing about sport. That's what it tells me. <laughs> There's a gig going next year at Ado if you want to do it. I oh, imagine. brilliant. I <laughs> hope I can do some of my blue stuff. <laughs> Any forgiveness from you? Yeah, well, I mean, it says, uh, the, uh, you know, after doing a speaker's racist and sexist joke. So I read that wrong. So I read Nip as being the sexist part of the joke. Um, so I thought, oh, How is it sexist? I mean, men and women have... Nips. Uh, well, yeah. Nippes. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yes, yes. But anyway, uh, that's by the by. I'm going to sort of interesting sort of twist of like fate, like you've mm. said that side. I'm saying that maybe they should have done their homework and like before they booked this guy, maybe like looked at his reviews, some of his online material, because this is cause this is kind of actually quite a common thing where you know um, bookers will book someone, they'll book someone for a wedding or, or something, and if, I mean if they book you for a wedding, are you a wedding? I've done some weddings, yeah. You have, and yeah. Uh, they're I've, horrible. I've ruined, they? I've ruined they're some weddings. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> weddings are horrible yeah. to do. Sometimes by, by marrying the woman. But. <laughs> Do you comedy at your own wedding? Um, but you know, you, you don't. You haven't done the research, and they will complain. Oh my God, they were, we were offended. This happened. That happened. Well, why didn't you do research? You know, kind of yeah. book the comic based on what. Or do do. or just don't invite the women sports writers. They seem to be the ones that complain. Well, on oh, that note, that's the Leo comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Tuesday's mail next, and a whole county can't find a dentist. They got nothing to smile about, which is probably for the best, Sajila. Okay, so this is the Daily Mail. Uh, entire county can't find an NHS dentist, but after 2,000 of them quit across the UK last year, um, Somerset's branded uh, a dental desert with patients in pain footing £1,100 in bills by having to go private. Um, now, I, I have to say, I, I, I've been struggling to get a dentist appointment. I've, I've throughout the whole pandemic, I've had a, a, a way hearing aid, and they're so desperately need to renewing and tweaking because I'm getting like deafer and I can't get an appointment. The only one they offered me was the day I was working. And it was dentists tweak hearing aids? No, no. I'm just saying like this is this is an issue like not just with teeth but okay. with other things as well with hearing aids with you know teeth with. Um, and so I remember to get a dentist appointment. I always suspected that when they did the little rooting thing with the little progging, you know, the little the metal thing that they deliberately like started a little hole so that by the next year you'd you know you'd be giving them business and I was convinced that this was a practice but anyway people are not being able to see the dentist and they're having to go private because so many dentists like are not private and sorry are not um NHS anymore um and the dentist shortage is creating a two-tier dental system that, uh, which means that uh, there's becoming hidden uh, inequalities and, uh, you know, people who've got some health and, you know, are, are kind of financially um, vulnerable, <clears throat> unable to access the mm -hmm. dental care. And, of course, they're, they're reduced to having to either go to A&E or, um, 
or they're, they're, they're basically pulling their own teeth out with tweezers. We used to do that when we were kids, when we milk teeth, we used to do it with like a little piece of string and put it in the... In the oh, door. yeah. yeah like you do that, yeah? Uh, no, no, because, I mean, I've only seen that in Wild West films. But... <laughs> no, but with the milk teeth, they were like little wobbly ones. Oh, anyway. right, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, we just yeah, wanted yeah. The, we went to the tooth fairy to yeah. kind of... Like, so I guess the tooth fairy is your best bet really right now to get your teeth <laughs> yeah. uh, seen. Because... Or, or just look after your teeth a bit better. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a woman that's interviewed. Uh, she's 27 years old. She's got a form of gum disease called gingivitis and her, her gums frequently bleed when she brushes her teeth. Stop brushing your teeth with Nutella. Just like look <laughs> after your teeth. Stay hydrated. Don't drink fizzy drinks. Stay away from sugary stuff and look after your teeth. If you don't eat like sugar and fizzy drinks, then uh, then your your teeth are going to be okay. Because yeah, but... fizzy drinks, it's not just the sugar that rots your teeth. The actual uh, it's acid because it's got it's got uh, it's carbonic acid. It's got carbon dioxide dissolved. But that isn't the only reason. My mum's got like the perfect set of teeth, perfect straight, beautiful white teeth, and she's never been to the dentist. And she needs some attention to her teeth. And so she's waiting to, you know, get her teeth seen. Mm. And it's, it's, it, it is going to become a problem for all of us sooner or later. Um, and, you know, not everybody can afford these £1,100 for a bit of you know, dental work. It is harsh. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that effectively is, is, is something else that we're kind of losing on the NHS, really. All right. Let's move on now to news of, it's almost related, a doctor. But this is a doctor that you can only see on screen. So pretty much like <laughs> all doctors these days, Leo. Oh, yeah, so this is uh, the new Doctor Who. Uh, this uh, is Shuti, Shuti Gatwa. Uh, it looks like it's... I, I, I would have assumed it was pronounced Nkuti, but apparently it's pronounced uh, Shuti. So if, if anybody... If I've got that wrong, please uh, tweet me, scream at me, tell me I'm racist. Shuti. Um, so he's, he's the new Doctor Who. Uh, and so this comes after a few years when Doctor Who was... I mean, it's always been a, a, a pointless show for nerds, but it's been criticised by those nerds for having lost its way. Uh, you know, maybe it's lost its way because you're not eight years old anymore <laughs> and you're 53. You should maybe get some age-appropriate stuff to watch. But, but under, under the previous showrunner, there, it was, it was criticised. They want to they revamp it. Um, and obviously it's 2022, so um, they've got uh, Shuti Gatwa, uh, who um, is, I mean, Doctor Who's a British uh, character and uh, this guy's uh, born in Kigali in Rwanda. I mean, what could be more British than that? <laughs> but no, then he grew up in, in Scotland. So, and he was in, uh, he was in a show called Sex Education, I think. Uh, so he's hugely popular. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be a great uh, doctor. And there, there hasn't been, you'd expect, you know, this is, this is like, uh, you know, there, there's all the debate over, you know, are we going to have a black James Bond? And um, there's big backlash to that. And there hasn't been the, the backlash to this mm. uh, because now all white men are resigned to the fact that we are just not allowed to be starring in things anymore. But Doctor so Everybody's got to be oh, but a Doctor transgender. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who definitely had a good run of white blokes doing it. I mean, in terms yeah. of diversity, two of them had the same surname. You had two bakers in there. So it's not yeah. looking like it was really reaching beyond a certain, uh, certain bunch of people. Are you up for playing it next time? Um, uh, do you know, I did not watch one episode of the last one. Uh, and, I, and I think it had got, I mean, this article sort of refers to how it's gone a bit tired, you know, the, the format. And I kind of agree with that. So I'm hoping this will sort of revive it. Um, yeah, and I just I thought it was interesting. That it's a, a Rwandan actor we've not had before. Rwanda's been in the news quite a lot. And I just wondered, maybe, you know, uh, those who don't want the refugees would like them to go in a TARDIS to Rwanda. I don't well, know. It just shows all to fit a lot in. All, the, yes. all these left-wing people have been saying, oh, but you can't send, like, uh, illegal immigrants to Rwanda because, you know, it's barbaric and all that. It's, like, it's not. It's people from Rwanda can become Doctor Who. So, you know, all these left-wing people have been but he absolutely... Left 
to Rwanda. Absolutely decrying Rwanda. Oh, but his family left Rwanda. Went to, to Scotland. Come here, so we go. Went to Scotland, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, to be honest, I think I'd rather go to Rwanda. <laughs> well, there you go. One's in. You can go to Rwanda. <laughs> we'll get you a ticket. On to Tuesday's Guardian. Parents might like the sound of this then. Police have been spying on children, Sajula. Ah, OK, so this is actually um, dating back to 1975. So MI5 have asked, asked police to spy on political activities of children. This is an inquiry here. Um, so MI5 asked police chief to collect information about the political activities of school children as young as 14 back in the 1975. Um, and uh, an undercover police unit regularly stored files recording political beliefs of school children, along with photographs of them. Um, and there was one, one report where there was a 17-year-old who was said to spend a lot of time, a lot of his spare time, at his girlfriend's home. <laughs> he spent a lot of his spare time at his girlfriend's home because he was 17. Kids. What do 17-year-old boys want to do? Watch so that's Netflix. probably what he was doing. So obviously that's some kind of weird crime now. PlayStation. Uh, yeah, PlayStation. They didn't have PlayStation in 75, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah they would Atari, have that, that, that football thing, like beep, beep, Atari beep. Atari a hoop. Beep, yeah. beep, that went really slowly. Um, and then two schoolboys, age uh, 14 and 16, who were described by the covert officers as effeminate. Hmm. Hmm. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really disturbing because they, they also took photos of these kids. So obviously without their consent, which, again, back in the 70s, very dodgy, very dodgy now. Um, and um, the inquiry, which has been headed by retired judge Sir John Mitting, is un examining undercover police officers who spied uh, 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 on a thousand mainly left wing political groups. Um, and they also deceived women into sleeping with them, you know, I suppose nothing's really changed. Yeah, that's there. just what men do. That's what men do. Yeah, um, and uh, they, they basically MFI wanted information on about older pupils at fourteen. Fourteen is still a child. I don't know what why they were uh, doing this, and it got so silly that um, uh, like things why they might sort of uh, target these children was they noted, for instance, one young man was monitored because of some badges he was wearing when he passed through Dover that indicated he was opposed to racism. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Better investigate I mean, him. Yeah. Right now, he'd be the policeman yeah, yeah, yeah. with his, so uh, with his trans him. riot shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang him. So it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an old inquiry, you know, the inquiry into the old sort of uh, yeah. things. But that's kind of speaky because that's obviously kids have all grown up now. And they were under surveillance back then. Yeah, I think there was any worries. I mean, what was it like a Bugsy Malone style uprising? Is that what we were worried about? <laughs> well, well, I mean, we joke about it, but there have been uh, 13 and 14 year old terrorists. Uh, just in January of this year, there was a 13 year old in Darlington who was convicted of um, terror offences. Uh, I don't think he'd done. He'd, I don't think he'd planned anything or, or prepared for anything. But he downloaded manuals. Apparently, a lot of uh, teenagers are getting done. Uh, for downloading uh, their terrorist manuals and things like that. So they, they do it and they don't realise that that's an offence and then they get, then they get nabbed. Uh, but yeah, can you imagine like a dossier of the political beliefs of 17-year-olds? Uh, of mm. I mean, that is going to be the biggest load of nonsense you ever. It's going to be full of just absolute, like, vote for Jeremy Corbyn. You know what I mean? Like, uh, buy an electric car. What, what else? Go vegan. You know? Man, you, 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 shouldn't be, you shouldn't be allowed to have a political belief until you're 45 I mean, this, it's, this comes right from your heart. That's what I like about this. You're, you're definitely not putting on any of that. You mean it all. Oh, young, people, young people don't know anything. Young people don't, they don't know anything. Also, this, this whole thing about the police at that time were, were criticised for... Uh, they infiltrated, um, you know, these, these uh, left-wing groups and they, uh, they posed as left-wing activists and then slept with, with women and women are saying that's deceitful. Men lie all the time. 
to sleep with women. Many times I've, I've pretended I'm not a horrible person to sleep with a woman. <laughs> yeah, but you don't so lie about... You don't, you're not... You're not that, I mean, that is a very different thing to, like... It's like a con. It's like the Tinder swindler. You know, you're just you're, you're, you're just back in the seventies. Yeah, uh, but surely the thing he did was the swindling people out of money is the issue, not the yeah, lying. Yeah, but they to... were they, you know they're swindling their emotions. Their but they, they didn't have any money. No, that's what they're swindling. They're swindling their, their heart. You know, <laughs> and, and and saying all this stuff and it's not real, and then and then sleeping with them and and still. Doing the work I feel like I've touched it's a nerve. totally, totally <laughs> yeah, unsafe. What happened to you in 1975, Sajila? <laughs> 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 1975. Someone's got a record of it. Let's move on to Tuesday's Mail next. And uh, an idea to stop school truancy, a register. Wow. Uh, are you a fan of this, Leo? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to make sense. So apparently, apparently truancy has surged during lockdown. It's doubled, in fact. Uh, so um, the rate of absenteeism amongst secondary school pupils went from 4.5% before lockdown to 9% post-lockdown. Because, of course, they're all used to staying at home and not doing anything. So why would you want to go back to school when uh, you can sit at home uh, or round at your girlfriend's house if you're 17? <laughs> um, so they're going to... Uh, the, the education secretary, Nadim Zawahi, has uh, announced they're going to use a compulsory register uh, to track truancy and they're going to fine parents and the fines are going to go to more tackling truancy. Before it was spent on uh, booze and cigarettes for the staff room. Now it's going to tackling more truancy. Great idea. Thing is, I used to play truant all the time when I was at school. You know, get like get registered in the morning and then <laughs> and then like you disappear and then you come back and get registered in the second. And I don't know why I did that because was, I was only going to the playground like, you know, the, the, and just sort of hanging on the strings. And, um, <laughs> and I think really it, it, they had a register then. They called my mum, you know, to find out like what, what was wrong. And there is usually something wrong, like why why are you monkeying off? It isn't like just for fun as well. I mean, I was doing it because I was having such a miserable time at school. You know, it was just um, really awful. I hated maths. So, uh, <laughs> and PE. Oh, anyway, um, but the, the, I don't know, maybe... Either way, you didn't like working things out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't like working things out. That's why I went into creative arts, right? Um, but, yeah, I just wonder if there's nothing, something more going on. Obviously, post-pandemic is probably a bit different because they got used to... Us, and, and maybe there should be, like, a hybrid kind of schooling, perhaps. That it's hybrid got, like, school. Yeah, hybrid After school. After time, it's, it's electric. No, hybrid? Yeah, hybrid. Yeah, right, like yeah. Half, half at home, like, studying like they were. Oh, yeah, but so then we've got, to, we've got to remember the school isn't there to teach kids. It's there to act as a babysitting service yeah, so yeah. that people, parents, can parents get on with their home. lives parents and earn some money. Yeah, parents really don't want them at home again. No. They, they, they just don't, no. Didn't, yeah, yours is too young, but, yeah, yeah they don't... Not they don't. Um, just, and I realise this will be a waste of everyone's <laughs> 20 seconds, but, Leo, do you have any sympathy for people who have trouble getting their kids to school due to the kids having anxiety. Anxiety? Yeah. Why would a kid have anxiety? Also, you're supposed to have anxiety. It's a valid human emotion. Why are we trying to eliminate anxiety? Feel the anxiety, recognise the anxiety, and then get to school and stop being a baby. What, if they have anxiety because they're yeah. being bullied or, you know... Then you been... smash the bully in the face. Oh, because that's that The only thing bullies understand. Right look you what, seven foot tall. Look what Ukraine's doing to, <laughs> to Russia. That's, what, that's yeah. what you need to do yeah, to bullies. You're just about to have a get baby. Get an anti-tank missile. I want, to, I want to come to you at 15 years, in 15 years' time, and say, right, how, how are you dealing with this with your child? Because it's, it, it, I mean, it's genuinely like... I'm, I'm going to raise my child to be a bully. <laughs> that's what yeah, we saw. Right. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the Times now, and hurrah, there's another reason that muggers want oh. our phones, Sajila. Uh, OK, so, uh, you know, you've got muggers who steal your money, your phone. They used to take your phone and keep the phone. But now what they do is they steal your phone to steal your um, uh, cryptocurrency 
and then, like gentlemen, hand the phone back to you, some of them. <laughs> like gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 I am sorry, I've taken your phone. I've taken what I needed from it. I hope you don't mind, and, but I must return it to you now. Uh, and so the phone has no, like, value anymore. It's just a cryptocurrency, which is not even visible currency. Yeah. I still don't get my head around the whole cryptocurrency. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this, 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 you know, one victim reported being forced to hand over the phone as they ordered a taxi near Liverpool Street Station, and the gun eventually did hand the handset back, but they took £5,000 of his hard... Is it earned money? It depends. It might be hard. I mean, I if he's getting know. a taxi at Liverpool Street, probably not that hard earned. And, and <laughs> another victim uh, was forced to unlock his phone using his fingerprint uh, and then change his security setting and they stole 28700 including cryptocurrency. Oh, my including, God. Including, so, which means they stole real money as yeah. well. Um, and, and then they were advising, like, you wouldn't go around the street like holding £50 pound notes in the same oh, way, don't... Victim blaming. That's victim blaming, isn't it? <laughs> victim blaming. Saying it's your fault for getting your phone out. It is interesting. Like, I mean, how, do they, how do they know who to target? Like, are they looking over people's shoulders to see if they've got, you know, a Coinbase account on their phone and then grabbing the phone? But our phones are, are basically our gateway to everything, everything financial, our yeah, entire lives yeah. now. Yeah, that's so true. that's a real vulnerability. And they can put as much encryption on it as they like, but what, ha what these criminal gangs do is they get your fingerprint. Same as, uh, you know, if you're detained in Belarus or somewhere like that, you, it can be as secure as you like. They'll make you put your fingerprint in or make you put your passcode in. But that's really interesting what you just said, like, what, how, how do they know that you've got the cryptocurrency? So they must be doing a little bit, maybe... They can tell by looking. Have you ever how met... How can you tell by if looking? If someone's into crypto, they tell you within a second of you walking in. What do they do? How do they it's act? Like the new veganism. Well, there's no time for that. Now, moving on to this story. A new scheme for suicidal men will see them driving for hours, missing out on family life and getting hate online, a.k.a. doing stand-up comedy. This one's from The Guardian, Leo. Yes, there's been a, a scheme, uh, a course, to help people with mental health issues uh, by uh, teaching them uh, comedy techniques and, and getting them to do stand-up. Uh, and it's been so successful that the, the government is now uh, prescribing it to an NHS trust across the country. So it's great to see the government finding new and inventive ways to waste my taxes. But no, they're, they're, uh, but apparently it's been really successful and uh, there's models and exercises and games and the people that have been coming with uh, mental illness, uh, postnatal depression, PTSD and anxiety disorders have really been helped by, by getting up on stage and doing stand-up. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think we all knew this. Stand-up comedy is 90% people uh, with mental illness, postnatal depression, PTSD and anxiety <laughs> disorders. I think the last thing we need is an influx of more mentally unstable people onto the stand-up circuit. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, this. This is um, this is. Yeah, this seems to be something I can understand it because it's, it's almost like um, getting on stage. It's almost like a sort of social bungee jump because you really do the first, first, especially the first times you do it. You get that pure rush of adrenaline because you're getting up on stage and you're exposing yourself, and then uh, and then you know you get off and you, you're buzzing, you know, for the rest of the night. Um, and then, you know, once you're tired, jaded hacks like us, it's, it's not quite as exciting. It's <laughs> dead behind the eyes, like a shark chewing the carcass of a narwhal, trotting out your, your jokes that you've been doing since 1996. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great to see. Great to see this help. Have you ever done one of these uh, gigs that, for mental health? So uh, another comedian, Susie Bennett and myself, did one. <clears throat> and everyone's talking about the depression and stuff and opening up. So we did our little thing. And with both of us, we were holding hands afterwards, like, oh, God, I never want to see these people again. Like, we just felt really dirty and like to go and eat in our emotions. And we felt even more depressed after the gig. Really? Right. Yeah, because it was, like, it was just like, because it's material that we wouldn't have normally done. Right. Because uh, normally we do our set, right? And mm. with one and whatever. 
and, you know, both of us had to go to sort of other places. So I don't know if it helps the comedians, but if it helps you guys, yeah. you know, yeah. take, take it away. <laughs> and they do these for school kids as well. My mate Danny O'Brien runs these workshops in, in Ireland uh, for school kids. So it helps them, you know, kids that are uh, teenagers that are maybe shy or anxious or whatever, helps get them out of their shelves and talk Yeah, my son stuff. did one of the comedy club for kids as well. All right, cool. Yeah, he loved it. In terms of doing the gigs to help people, years ago I did one for a bowel cancer charity and in the audience it was people with bowel cancer and all of it, we sat down all the acts and just went through our set to make sure there was nothing that was going to be problematic, glib, triggering, any of those things. And the first act walked on stage and went, hello, are you well? That was a tense moment. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a wrong gig, mate. Um, let's ease into, uh, into this one from the Daily Mail. Some people say uh, that a woman is a person with a womb. Well, here comes a womb transplant just to keep things complicated, Leo. Yeah, so a surgeon in India is going to attempt to transplant a womb into a trans woman. So that's somebody who's born in a male body and then transitions to, to being a woman uh, with the view to them getting pregnant. So it's a risky procedure. They've, they've tried to do it before. Uh, they, they take the reproductive organs from a, a do dead uh, woman, a, a donor uh, patient uh, who's transitioned the other way and had theirs removed, or take it from somebody who's transitioned the other way and had theirs removed. Uh, and there's only been one documented case of this being, being done before, and she died from complications just months later. But this doctor uh, thinks that, that she can uh, transplant a womb into, into a trans woman, and then uh, that trans woman can get pregnant and carry a baby in the womb. But it seems to be incredibly dangerous. I mean, the, the only time they tried it before, uh, the woman died from complications. Um, you know, just, just months or, or weeks afterwards. And if you're then putting a human life, if you're putting a baby, uh, gestating a baby in that womb, that's, that's a risk to that baby that hasn't opted, yeah. hasn't elected for this treatment. It's, it's there as a sort of unwilling participant in it. So I don't know, it, it, seems, it seems to me to, to be, um, you know, there's, there's certainly some moral questions to be asked around this. Yeah. And it's expensive. It costs uh, so womb transplant costs around fifty thousand pounds, and one cycle of uh, IVF treatment costs uh, over five thousand pounds. So that's uh, more of my taxes going to that instead of kidney machines or you know stand-up comedy courses for um, mentally unstable people. Yeah, really? absolutely. Um, so Dr. Narinda Korshuk. Frankenstein, uh, basically uh, the <laughs> clinic in, uh, you know, she does a lot of these like uh, uh, operations. Um, and you mentioned the price for 2000 So it's for the entitled, privileged um, ones that come over, not for the Indian ones who actually are still kind of like, they are, I would say, like proper oppressed um, trans folk who don't, can't, cannot afford to have these operations. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, the operations they've done, it's... They say biological men can't give birth yet for reasons I think we all know because we all studied biology. And only people who are born female can make eggs, which means that it's not possible for male to female trans women to get pregnant naturally. I just think, I know that we had this kind of conversation perhaps like back in when the test tube baby thing happened and that was seen like it's kind of, you know, a mm. little bit kind of playing God, if you like. Um, but I just, there are plenty of biological women who want children who, you know, who would like to have children. Uh, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I stand on this, but I just think I can see the, you know, the difference between Indian trans in their own country who can't have this operation. They are oppressed. Again, it's, it is still, I think it's still a, uh, you know, a financial thing, you know, an imbalance. Okay, so move on to the Telegraph now. Uh, looks like South Korea has found the secret to staying young, Sajila. 
Who doesn't want to be younger? Yeah, no surgery, no Botox, no no pills, no creams. All you've got to do is, that is the, elect. Is that the new Only Fools and Horses thing? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, all you've got to do is basically, basically all South Koreans are about to become one year younger. Um, and here's why. Um, the incoming president, he's going to shave off a year of the entire population upon entering office. Now there, uh, his name is Yoon Suk Yul. Uh, he's going to be inaugurated at the, uh, as the nation's new president on Tuesday. And the first thing he's going to do is to make the entire nation a year younger. And I shall explain how. So over there, they measure like your age, either in Korean age, um, which is, uh, the, you know, uh, why, basic in favour of the widely accepted system of, over there, or the international age, which is how we do it. So we are born and a year later we become a year old. Whereas they measure their Korean age is that as you're in your mother's tummy, you are a year, mm. like nine months. So basically... So you're born nine months old. Yeah, you're nine, born nine months old. So they, that's how they... So he's going to get rid of that and just have it like the regular age that we have. So everyone becomes a year younger. And I was thinking, well, what about if you're... If you're um, born early, like you're, you know, uh, what is that called? Premature. Premature, yeah. But this sister actually is fairer to premature kids. Yeah, it's fairer yeah. to premature. But then my sister, she, I mean, this is before they induce you. I was induced because I was late. But my sister was born at 10 months. So yeah, I know, I know. She just, my mum's tiny as well. Right. And she's just like, you know, she broke her hip and everything because she was, you know, such a big, she's tiny, petite Yeesh. little thing, my sister now, compared to me. And like, so she was a month late. So she's actually a year. She, she, actually, yeah, you're yeah. older, my sister. Sister, you're older. Do you not feel sorry for someone who was like this close to being the age where they could drink and all of a sudden, yunk, they're taking Oh, away. yeah, and then they've got to wait another nine months. Yeah. Yeah. And also, what about all those people who lied on their Tinder profiles? <laughs> And now they're suddenly nine months, what is it, older? <laughs> or young, yeah. Young, yeah. Younger. Oh, I guess that's good for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, another, another, nine, another nine months at 32. <laughs> I get annoyed having to change the clocks twice a year, including the car. So having to change an entire nation's age, yeah. paperwork's beyond me. <laughs> uh, Daily Star next. And uh, what happened in a lake in Vegas is not about to stay in what happened in a lake in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, my God, my wife's going to love this. She, she loves all the real crime documentaries. But basically, there's a, there's a drought hit lake in Vegas. So the water levels are dropping and they're revealing all these uh, bodies. The bodies of uh, 70s gangsters who were killed by the mafia and then weighted down with, uh, you know, chains and breeze blocks or put in barrels. Uh, well, they found one anyway. Um, and <laughs> they were trying to work out who it was. And they, they, they worked out that he was murdered between the mid-1970s and the early 1980s that, based on the shoes uh, they were wearing. But he could have just liked, uh, you know, vintage shop thrift. But this is dead exciting. So, um, so as, as the drought continues and the water keeps going down, who knows what we're going to find? We might find Hunter Biden's laptop, finally. We might find, might find what, real, what Bill Clinton was really up to on that island with Jeffrey Epstein. You reckon it's all down the bottom of there? I think yeah. the lesson here is always, if you're going to get killed, do it wearing a Frankie Says Relax t-shirt, just to really <laughs> mess with their maths. But, I mean, this, this, this is telling us the real victim of um, climate change is the gangsters. Oh, yeah. All the people that got wasted. We're going to find all those people that got wasted, man. Yeah. It's only Fools and Horses theme tunes getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sajila, so it's time for you to... Uh, is it time for you to stop doing housework? Oh, right. So, apparently, uh, no reward or recognition, um, and women should say no to office housework. So, office housework is basically when you do things like um, uh, make the tea, obviously, but uh, then you do all the, like, oh, I'll do the collection for so-and-so who's leaving. I'll do the birthday <laughs> collection. I'll do... It looks like I'm the one that does that here. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and so I'm going to stop because it doesn't get you promoted. It doesn't get you um, uh, uh, anywhere. And they're saying that you're, it's non-promotable -pr uh, work. Um, and like, uh, so men are very good at not avoiding all this and to make it more balanced that you guys should do that. So I think you should yeah. start now collecting what? for the birthday. Well, men, men have usually My got, birthday's on Wednesday. Men right? have usually got better stuff to do. <laughs> well, not in Korea, it's not on Wednesday. In Korea, it's nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine months ago. It's, it's my second birthday. I can celebrate both birthdays. Um, so yeah, I think that was, this was really interesting. So 250 hours more a year from just doing this kind of yeah. non-promotable uh, work, housework. So... Women out there, stop. Don't do any of this anymore. And that's what the story is. But straight away you went to, and therefore men should do it. I would imagine no one needs to waste time writing cards for people because they've... Got a, you know, they've broken a leg or stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. What, like, men don't do this stuff because it's pointless stuff. Nobody, it's not every single, oh, stuff. all this stuff. You know what, what else women do that does my nothing? They bring babies into the office. You've all got to look at a baby and pretend it's oh, interesting. All right, we'll you know just I mean? wait when his baby comes. If he does not, I'm not going to bring it into the. Yeah. Steve didn't bring his baby. Oh, I'm not bringing it because we, we're gonna here at work. No, I'm telling you now, you're going to bring a baby in. Hopefully, you're going to bring your baby in. It's going to happen. I can very much prove that I'm not going to do that. Why would I bring him in? Oh, only because the germaloids you won't bring. No, in. no, why would no, 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 no? It was why would I bring him in? What's, he's not going to remember it. No one. I'm just going to no, get a worse back from carrying That's on the tube. That's what you do. So this is my baby. I made a human. I made a human. I'm happy I with him. I don't need other people's approval. All those cards, endless cookies and cake <laughs> and all that office stuff and sponsoring for stuff. Oh my God, none of it. We don't need any of it. Okay, well then you've heard it here. They don't need it. So your work, yeah. your colleagues don't need it. Don't do it. Don't do it anymore. Don't do it. It's unpaid. Right. This is the scary one. Strapping everyone. Wish me luck. From the sun. There's no love like the love between a mother and a son, but you can have too much of a good thing. Remember your Ofcom training, Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I will. I, I'll be... I'll deal with this appropriately. It's, yeah. oh, it's, honestly, it's a bit vomit-worthy. So, basically, this, this guy, uh, he didn't know who his mum was, and he went on a, some sort of quest to find his biological mother, uh, found her, um, and uh, then had, had an affair with her. Or he was, he was already... Have, he was already seeing her, and then he found out it was it was his mum. I'm not totally sure, um, but uh, basically they've said they've said that they're attracted to each other. So that now that they know their their biological uh, son and mother, they've continued uh, having sexual intercourse. He's even told his wife that he can only have sex with her if he pretends. That, um, that it's that she's his mum. Uh, so I mean, How he might does that even come up? I think that's an English. <laughs> I think that's an English thing. <laughs> but, um, but they say it's due to genetic sexual attraction. So this this apparently is uh, is something that affects people where they they don't know they're related to someone, and um, so the social taboo isn't there. And because they've got the same genes, they're, they're attracted to each other, and they call it GSA. Uh, and this this seems like a new. Almost like a new sexuality. You know how there's a new flag oh. every once in a while. You've got like super straight, or you've got whatever. And uh, now this is we've got GSA, genetic sexual attraction. I where... want to stop talking about. It. It's making me wretch. Honestly, making me so sick. <laughs> Honestly, it's like she is his mother. She rejects him at birth, and then comes back and abuses him. That's what it is. It's disgusting. Honestly, it's so gross. I don't want to see this ever happen. Yeah. Do you anywhere. think it would be better if you fancied your mum who hadn't put you up for adoption? No. Just checking. No. Just checking. No, no, never. Not in any, any scenario whatsoever. Bad woman. Bad, bad, bad mum. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, we need to we need to bring back Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy Kyle is the only man. Actually, he is he back. Or he's on a rival channel. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Kyle. But he's the he's the one man. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer can sort this out. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday's mirror now, and it's actually something that's filling my fridge. Breast milk. There might be a market for it, Sajula. 
Oh, right. So uh, the, the, the headline in the mirror says, my sister wants my breast milk to make soap for her unborn baby. I said no. So a, a woman's been left in a predicament. What is happening in the news world? Um, <laughs> a woman's been left in a difficult predicament after a sister asked to use her breast milk so that she could make soap for her own baby. I didn't know you could make soap from breast milk, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and then when, the, the, when her sister said no, she called her selfish. Um, and so basically... I get this. Do you know how hard it is? Your mum, your wife's probably like she nursing. Yeah, tell the yeah. difference between, between my mum and my wife. That's the last story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you see how bad that story was? Look how it's messed with my mouth. Um, but yeah, <laughs> your wife is nursing, and uh, it's really hard to extract milk. And, I, and nobody tells you it. sometimes that it's you know when I when I was expressing, I didn't have the fancy machines and that. It takes ages. And you've only got enough milk for your own baby. There is no spare milk at all, ever. Supply and demand soap. match, though. So if you get, we do have the electric pump, and for some reason it means the the supply's gone up, the demand's gone up, and the fridge is. There are six bottles that I don't go near in there. How, no, how long does no, it keep no. Don't. You can freeze it, apparently. Really? Yeah, so. you can freeze. And it. have you tried it? No, I did think. Should I ever go? Friends. No, no, there's no part of me that thought. I wonder what that. It's human quite sweet. Is I'm it? sure I had someone as a it? kid. Yeah. Is it? Could you have it in a coffee? In a latte. I don't, no, I didn't make a lacte. Because <laughs> we've, got, we've got the DeLonghi with a little steam arm, so maybe I should froth it. No? It could probably, yes. Nice lacte. That's, I didn't make that joke, but anyway. Um, well, we've got 30 seconds just to mention this one. The mirror's got one of the best corrections I've ever seen, Leo. Yeah, so they said uh, an asteroid bigger than Big Ben was going to crash into Earth's atmosphere. It's actually going to hit Swindon and uh, provide a net benefit to humanity. No, it's, uh, it's going to miss by three million miles which, astronom astronomically speaking, isn't that far. But it's not going to hit us. It's still so astronomical. Worry. So the, the headline is, it didn't kill us all, it's not going to hit us. Whew, thank yeah. heavens, although now I regret wasting all, that, all the money that I've spent. And all that uh, milk that you mind. saved. Well, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us. Leo's back tomorrow night, joined by Josh Howie, when they'll be making their way through the papers uh, and giving you the full review and everything you need. See you then. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.